hey guys welcome to the press i'm your host empress for those of you who are listening for the first time hey i'm so happy you're here this is a christian-based podcast where we eat drink and press eat the word of god drink the living water and quite literally press into everything prayer spiritual warfare freedom wisdom and most importantly his presence okay let me just say this it's so important to understand the presence of god be under the light of god be under his glory be under his voice be under his discernment be under his wisdom move when he tells you to move go when he tells you to go act when he tells you to act because there are people waiting on you to do what he told you to do and he brought back to mind the birthing of this podcast and when i tell you guys it really took me so long to just stop maneuvering out of perfectionism because I always wanted things to be so perfect. I'm the eldest of so many people. Like I'm the eldest among a lot of little cousins. I'm the eldest sibling. So a lot of the things that I do, I naturally just want them to be good. I want them to show well because I know that there are going to be people looking at me wondering, okay, so this is how I do it. Okay, this is where I'm supposed to go. That's just the nature of being the eldest child. And that's something that I just had to work through in my mind. Like everything does not have to be perfect. It's okay to make your mistakes. But if I were playing basketball, I would want to be better than LeBron James. I would want to be better than Michael Jordan. Or I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> if LeBron is out there and I'm playing with him, I want to be better than him. Period. Or I'm just not going to do it. And that is a, it's a crazy mindset to get out of where it's like, it's all or nothing. You know what I mean? And it's, it, that kind of mindset can keep you so stagnant where you're just not allowing any room for growth, you know? So yeah, it took me forever to actually get started on the podcast and move how God wanted me to move, speak how God wanted me to speak because I felt like, okay, I don't know everything. I don't know everything. What if I say something wrong? This is your, this is the word of God. This is nothing to be played with. I have to be perfect, right? No, I have to be under the light of God. I have to be under the glory of God. Everything does not have to come perfect. I'm not Jesus. I'm not trying to be Jesus. I'm trying to be who he created me to be. And I remember my sophomore year, I was in the CAF, my sophomore year of college, I was in the CAF and my roommate's boyfriend saw me and he came to sit down with me and we'd never really had a conversation before, but our conversation was just so nice. I remember we were just talking for a good minute and our conversation naturally progressed to talking about God because at this time, like 19, what was I like 18, 19 years old? That empress, she was literally a firecracker for God. Like legit, every other sentence was about God at this point. So if anyone engaged with me in conversation, I was going to talk about God, period. Our conversation naturally went towards God and I ended up telling him that I was going to start a podcast. And this is so out of character for me because I don't go around just parading around talking about the things that I want to do, especially if they're not in form on the earth yet and i didn't even have a microphone at that point so i i don't know like that was just so out of character 
but I felt safe telling him that that's what I wanted to do. And his immediate response was excitement. He was overjoyed. And he just kept telling me throughout our conversation, you're so wise. People need to hear what you have to say. And I think that's how we got to me telling him that I was going to do the podcast because he kept saying that people needed to hear what God was telling me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm doing the podcast. And he was just so excited, so excited. And he was like, you have to tell me when it drops. Like, just let me know. Let me know when it drops. And every time um, he would come over, he would just mention the podcast and like, how he was excited about it and make sure I let him know. That was in 2019. And right after that happened, COVID happened. So we never came back to that apartment and I never really saw him again. So in 2022, when I released the first official episode, which is Double For Your Trouble, he actually DM'd me and he was like, hey, did you ever start that podcast that we were talking about on the day that I dropped the episode? And mind you, obviously we have no other connectors other than my roommate who he dated. And he told me his my Instagram randomly came up on his page and he figured that he needed to DM me and ask me about the podcast. And crazy enough, that was the day that the episode dropped, the first episode dropped. I just think that is so interesting and so crazy how God positions people and... I don't know. I just thought that story was really cute and I wanted to share it. And I just really love how God has progressed the press throughout even just these last few months. Like Eat Drink Press really encapsulates what we're doing here. God really, he did what he had to do with that adage because we have the press, the good news, and you know who really doesn't care who really does not care how they speak their mind regardless, is a journalist. Things are boldly stated and that is how it is here. It has to be. I can't water down the word of God because it's not what's trending or it's not politically correct. I can't sit and watch the character of God be maligned. I can't water down the word of God to seek man's approval. Like, are you kidding me? And it's really not wise for, especially now, you probably could have gotten away in like 2015 with creating something and saying oh yeah this is for god but it's not really of god it's not wise for anyone to create anything in the name of god but god is diluted the holy spirit is nowhere to be found you've removed the concentration of the holy spirit and now it's all about what you want and there is always going to be hostility towards your press towards what you're doing aesthetics away microphone in the trash the press is always going to be the press if i don't even if i don't have a single listener because he's perfected me in having an audience of one and honestly the best of my voice comes when it's just me and him and the press is always going to be because it's my lived experience and i wouldn't trade it for all of the money in the world i wouldn't trade it for all of the followers i wouldn't trade it for anything anything nothing comes close nothing comes close to taking god's position in my life ever the press is literally my positioning with god the press is so important to me because it's truly an embodiment of my one-on-one time with god it's an extension of my press with him it's literally an adage that he kept repeating to me m press he broke up my name 
M, press, M, press. And I don't ever want to get tired of pressing into his presence. I don't ever want to get tired of seeking his face. I don't ever want to get tired. I don't want to feel like I've arrived because I know that there is more. It's limitless with him. And all I have to do is press, press into prayer, press into his presence, press into worship. And I know I won't always feel like it. Sometimes I even feel like I'm pretending like, is this for real? And those are the times when God is calling me deeper. I refuse to be the daughter that questions her relationship with her father, that walks in compromise. I just don't want that. That paradigm simply doesn't work for me. I'm bold in Christ, period. And that will offend people. Like I said, there's always going to be hostility towards your press. And the way that I thirst, the way that we thirst, that we hunger for God is offensive to the world. And I'm prepared to be looked at crazy crazy for standing in his truth so when i say eat drink press i mean that god has allowed me to give his children the bold news of god the good news the great news the best news that you will ever hear and i'm honored that he trusts me this is the press the heralds official messengers bringing good news a person or thing viewed as a sign that something is about to happen the archivists we are in charge of keeping and maintaining the archives, seeing what we have to keep and what we have to throw out, going through our bloodline, looking through our bloodline and figuring out how our lineage has been preserved, what deserves to stay and what has to leave. It's our job as people of the press, as archivists. It is our job to be information professionals who assess, collect, organize, preserve, maintain control over, and provide access to records and archives because archives are determined by their long-term value. This is why it's important to write the vision and make it plain. You are supposed to be an access point to so many people. Archives are access points. It shouldn't merely be a story by word of mouth, which is powerful, but also hand us the physical proof. Show us your prayers. Imagine the freedom that would come to your bloodline if you were to be an archivist and preserve the things that you are writing down and making plain. Those who come after you will be able to look through your family archives, look through your prayers, see your business plans, look at the demons that plagued your family, and they will receive freedom from that. That's what testimonies do. This is why the press is about the ones who are living out and recording the moments for the book, the Bible. Our lives are going to be newsworthy in the press isn't just to be cute it's not oh yeah this is a podcast she loves god i love god mm, no cute but no think about how think about how <clears throat> a grape would react if they've been through the wine press you look and say oh that was cute excuse me absolutely not the grape went through crushing pressing a manglement and you think it's cute no you are going to get the entire sensory experience that comes from the pressing of those grapes. I didn't go through the pressing just for me. Others are supposed to benefit off of what I went through. If Jesus isn't seen through my life, then I went through the pressing for nothing. Because listen to this, I took a wine course in college and there's a term that the community uses, terroir. And I'm not going to say that with a French accent because it's a French origin, but I'm of American origin. So we're going to go with terroir. 
and it's the most interesting term in the wine business. It comes from a French idea that a region is mirrored through glass. In other words, terroir refers to, and if you want to look that up, it's T-E-R-R-O-I-R. But yeah, it refers to the overall design of a wine, including soil composition, elevation, temperature, latitude, and sun exposure. No one really knows what it is or whether it even exists, but in my opinion, it's the manifestation of natural components that give wine its feeling of location, its feeling of place. The degree to which a wine represents the terroir of the location is determined by the winemaking process. Others believe that all of this talk about terroir is nonsense and detractors argue that tasting the region and whether in fermented juice is impossible. Instead, they believe that taste is imparted after harvest by the winemaker's efforts. During my research, I noticed that a lot of people simplify the terroir to the soil not taking into account the French meaning. And terroir is a beautiful expression of the savory notes within a region. Every wine produces its own terroir. And once you've grasped the meaning of it, you'll be able to discern how it manifests itself in a wine's character from flavor to alcohol level, side note, I don't drink wine, to texture. But I love the sensory olfactory experience of it all. It brings like this cultural pride to the wine experience. Like imagine traveling through a wine country and there lies a true sense of place, beauty, and time. It could be a lot to take in, but let's think about ourselves as we go through the pressing and come out, we have such a unique and complex composition. We act as an heirloom, as evidence of our place, the secret place, since that is where the pressing occurs. The region of our secret place is mirrored through us in real time our pressing, the lessons he gave, the places he restored, the business ideas he brought to life. The experience of tasting your wine after your press is comprised in such a distinctive way. And honestly, it's not easily explained, hence the wine community not really knowing where to place this term. And terroir, which literally means soil, land, is interesting because remember we are made from dust genesis 3:19 says by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and dust you will return okay now let's get into the real episode this is episode 12 we left off talking about the light of god and this is part two as you guys know i am obsessed with the impression of god aka i'm obsessed with his light i'm obsessed with how it takes form within our built environment our landscape how it shows up in spaces how it shows up in our lives i have so many questions about his light his glory how are we supposed to respond when light enters the room am i seeing the light correctly or are my eyes plagued it's a valid question because the enemy masquerades as an angel of light and i know that with God's light comes true sight. And as someone who is such a visionary, I see things that are beyond my comprehension. And I know that these things are a manifestation of God's light. Because each time I have a vision or a dream or I've seen something that he wants me to do on this earth or I've encountered him, there's just so much light in it that it could bring me to tears. It has before. And the light of God comes to us in a way where our natural eyes can't bear. It's humbling. One day, me and my friend were chatting about the face of God and 
his light. I often think about how the Israelites reacted after Moses came down from Mount Sinai, which I'll get into a moment, but if we saw God in his full glory, it would be so revealing to our flesh that our human bodies would not be able to take it. That's why it's important to watch how we're reacting to the truth, the light of God coming into our life. The truth makes our flesh squeamish. We get offended. We get irritated and ignorant. In Exodus 34, 29, 30, 29 through 30, it says, when Moses, when Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But when he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses put the veil back over his face until he went to speak with the Lord. It's crazy because when Moses was going to see God, he began to carry the radiance of God. He spent 40 days with God and when he returned, the Israelites were afraid of him because he'd spent so much time with God it was literally reflected off of his face and out of concern for their fear, Moses began wearing the veil over his face again to hide this sight. And so Moses was thick, thick in the glory of God, like, wow. And that just shows you how when you encounter the light of God, when the light of God is on your life, sin is it doesn't want to be around it doesn't want to exist it's scared the enemy gets scared when the light of god is near and we have access to god's light living dwelling inside of us the holy spirit a person with emotions in ephesians 4 30 it says and do not grieve the holy spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption when i'm not seeking the impression of god the light of god things get extremely robotic where i just end up going through the motions of what i'm supposed to be doing as a christian or what i'm used to doing as a christian making sure i'm checking boxes perfectionism and for the past two to three years i've been focusing on learning about the spiritual realm and how it operates i've spent a lot of time researching and understanding the lay of the land and occupying that space inside of my authority and so i've been so used to if anything is being obtuse or if i'm dealing with any red tape in my life then i'm ready to suit up in war which is a practice that i intend on maintaining but sometimes it's literally just about applying practicality to what's going on as well some things require you to just use your common sense which is the wisdom of god use your executive functioning skills take practical steps toward meeting your goal and move inside of what you know we have to seek the word of god to understand how he wants us to maneuver seek jesus seek his light seek his face so that we're not stuck in a robotic nature interestingly enough we're in a moment in time where artificial intelligence and robots are now superseding the position of man AI is emerging suddenly and it's possible that in the coming months or years that AI will have the capacity to replicate human emotions. And I'm saying this because the robotic nature can trick you into thinking you're doing something that you're not, being someone who you aren't. It can trick you into thinking that you're upright when you're actually absent in taking ownership of your relationship with God. And day by day, your relationship with God gets more and more robotic. 
And a lot of us forget that we're creatures of habit. Habits aren't only forming structure and personality, but they give you a sense of pleasure. Our brains are wired to predict what is happening next. And upon completion, you find fulfillment, regardless of if that habit is good or bad. It could be as simple as making your bed every day. And considering that, imagine you've had a horrible week. It's Sunday, so according to your brain, it's time to go to church. You go to church and you leave saying, oh my gosh, thank you, God, for filling me up today. I feel so full, so fulfilled. Like, thank you. I really encountered you today. Thank you, God. I love church. God filled me up today. Did he? Or is it just that your flesh was satisfied out of routine? Did you experience the Holy Spirit? Was the Holy Spirit there? Did he reveal his light? And I'm not talking about crying or screaming or rolling around. Did you have an impression of the spirit? Or did you impress your flesh with how you maintain a routine? I mean, great job on discipline. But we have to ask ourselves these questions because like I said, we can get stuck in a robotic nature where we're led astray by our flesh. And now more than ever is the time to be informed, present, and grounded. Don't let your mind be absent. And I think if we're not careful with how we engage with AI, it can enable absent-mindedness. And I mean, we're already seeing that happen within the last decade of technology. And as the body of Christ, we need to be agile to his word. We can't get lost in the shuffle. This is also why as of late, I've been a really strong proponent of keeping things as analog and primitive as possible, writing things down, having physical copies of books, preserving nature. I think the physicality of things are so important our connection to humanity our connection and compassion towards each other is so important i want us all to cherish it but we can only do that if we're under the light of god i want to show you guys what standing in awe of god does what standing in the light of god does whoever wrote psalm 119 was eating in more ways than one he ate the word of god daily when i was reading this chapter i felt the love he had for the word of God. He wanted nothing else but to fall in love with the word of God. You guys have to read it. It's so long, but I've grabbed a few of my favorites and it says, where does it say this? All of these are going to be from Psalm 119. This man said in Psalm 119, 97, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. And he has multiple, multiple lines like this in that psalm where he's just talking about how in love he is with the word of God, how in love he is with God's word, how in love he is with God's presence and how he just wants more. He's really giving a round of, of applause to the word of God and really just in awe of it. In Psalm 119, 113, it says, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law I do love. Basically saying, I don't want to spend my days thinking about myself, toiling on my own thoughts, my opinions, my ways. I want to know what you think, God. Thinking about myself is such a lowly place to be. Take me higher. Show me you. Show me Jesus. Show me his face. Show me what you want to say to me today. Today. You know you can be so in love with God and his word that a finch just rolls off of you. In Psalms 119, 165, it says, Great peace, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Like, beautiful. Love that. 
Have you ever experienced a moment like so out of this world that it hurts to pull away from what's going on? You're so enamored with what's happening that you don't even notice anything happening outside of your moment otherwise known as ones for the books that is how these moments are with god as this person is describing he's so in love with god that nothing else has access to him offense vanity pride among other things his only goal is to love the law of god he literally if you when you guys read it he asks, he's literally pleading, God, can you please just let me fall in love with your precepts? Let me fall in love with your law. Let me fall in love with who you are. Let me fall in love with your law, please. It's only about Jesus with him. That's all that matters. Jesus is all that matters. Not the sermons, not the songs, Jesus. Not the pastor, not the podcast, Jesus. He is the one who we should seek every single day every single day that is who we press into jesus look for jesus jesus that is it jesus just jesus 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 every day every day every day seek jesus i think i'm turning psalms 19 into a prayer like once i read through i'm just gonna start praying psalms 119 over myself because he was really pouring his heart out so yeah you guys should definitely read it. It's so beautiful and it will change the way that you approach the light of God. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.